broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler. Welcome back to the third hour of Wake Up Mid-Missouri. And praise the Lord, I see the sunshine out wow. for the first time in a long time. It's going to be a good day. <laughs> I, <God>. That is. <laughs> I am Randy, along with Stephanie Bell. Good morning. Smiling that the sunshine out. She's doubling yes. down on sunlight. She still has her energy light out there. You can see that on the uh, on the thing. Uh, producer Hannah. Hello. And John Marsh. Here, sir. All right. I hope the roads are better now at, on Highway 54. They were so bad. Um, so we'll have to see. Um, Taylor Burks joins us in studio. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Of course, Randy. former Boone County Commissioner and Lieutenant Commander in... The start with Air Force, right? Navy. Navy. And, uh, oh boy, those are fighting words. Aren't they? I know. <laughs> president of uh, Ross Inc. So, Careful, Randy. Uh, and I know you served in the in the Middle East, right? Yeah, you were deployed correct. there. Yep, uh, three times. Okay, when and where? Uh, so my most recent one was in 2020, and I was the uh, Joint Operations Officer for all of the logistics in uh, Jordan, Kuwait, Syria, Iraq. Joint Operations Officer. Yep. In, okay. So what so does that mean? All the, all the branches what does in that those mean? four countries. Uh, we fed our troops. We got people and equipment in and out of places like this base in Jordan. So you were like uh, you were like a hundred Radar O'Reillys, but in command of them. You were like <laughs> something like that, making yeah. <laughs> sure everything happened operationally, exactly. right? I mean, it's a very critical job. Yep, exactly. I meant that as a compliment. No, no, no as a compliment. I, I took it as a compliment. That's very that's important. Exactly what uh, what we have to do. Um, the, the, I, the kind of gig that doesn't get all the glory, but the glory getters don't get their glory if you don't do that job. Right. Yeah. Absolutely right. It's uh, it's our servicemen, our sailors, our Marines, yeah. our airmen that are doing the type of job that I do uh, in Iraq, uh, Jordan. <laughs> Afghanistan. Uh, so we were we were handling some of the drawdowns in Iraq and Afghanistan mm-hmm. in 20 under President Bush when I was over there. Did you ever work with Dakota Wood? No. You know, he's with Heritage Foundation. I think he was involved in that. He was a Marine. Okay. Uh, but at any rate, so um, what's your reaction? You heard about the uh, the killings over the weekend, uh, the drone attack on uh, a, a garrison, I guess, uh, uh, near Amman. Yeah, Tower 22. Okay. So you know that, yeah. er, that place? Correct. Okay. Can you tell us uh, the three U.S. troops killed... Uh, almost three dozen injured, I guess several critically, and, right. and air flighted away for higher level care. Um, your reaction? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, terribly concerning when a country like Iran, because uh, the drones that attacked our joint base in Jordan came out of an Iranian-operated base in Syria. And so when a country like Iran is openly willing to attack U.S. bases in our allied countries, the question becomes, what what is being escalated and who's okay with this? Um, it's, it's China, it's Iran, it's Russia who are a part of uh, what is going on in Syria. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the pressure that we've applied uh, to China for all of the recent attacks in the Middle East on U.S. and our allied assets, uh, the question mark becomes, why are those countries okay with Iran openly attacking U.S. troops <laughs> and our allied bases in uh, non-combatant countries like Jordan? Okay. John, Take, do you have a question for, yeah, for Taylor? Yeah, Taylor, maybe you could talk a little bit more without... You know, going into too much detail about those bases. I know I <laughs> yeah. have a friend, uh, my son's friend, a longtime friend who's a former Marine, mm-hmm. did some uh, 
contract work in Syria at these kinds of places. Mm-hmm. These are what embedded trainers and presumably special ops people at these kinds of bases. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a fair assessment. And again, this is a base that is operated in Jordan, which is a, a U.S. ally. We are um, we're not doing our own combat operations there. We're just a, a part of multinational forces, or we support and train and help equip uh, as a part of our treaty and our uh, you know international obligations with our friends overseas. So these are people who um, you know, I don't I don't know what they were doing there or have been doing there this past year, but I think it's fair to say that we are there to train and and really observe what's happening in a country like Syria when there are a lot of bad actors that the United States needs to pay attention to. And so when Iran attacks us there, knowing that our mission isn't a combatant mission, it's a defensive kind of observational mission, uh, again, we, we should be saying, hey, how is this one, how is this okay? But two, um, what what's actually coming over the horizon? What's what's what should Americans? What should the president? What should Congress be concerned about? Because they're they're trying to take out U.S. assets. Just our eyes to see. Hey, what's our risk? What's our threat? So, how do you hope that we respond? Because certainly this morning um, we're hearing that. You know, a lot of congressional members woke up and said, you know, we got to do something yeah. here. No, we absolutely do. And and this is what President Trump showed uh, during his term. We took out Soleimani, uh, the the international terrorist that works for Iran, back in 2020 when I was overseas, and I think that shows that when we're aggressive and strong toward Iran and these other countries, it doesn't invite future and, and, and stronger attacks for these continued attacks on Americans wherever we are in the globe. So we have to respond. I think it has to be proportional. I think it has to be on our terms. Uh, but it also, you know, you don't want to escalate a situation for, um, you know, a part of the globe that is already blowing up without American intervention. We're talking with Taylor Burks. Uh Former Boone County Commissioner, as you know, and uh, vast and deep uh, military experience in what is really a tinderbox portion of the world. Um, Biden, uh, over the weekend, uh, I guess it was a press release, you know, a, a statement from the White House, will respond in the way and at the time at, yeah. of our determination. And that's you know, standard boilerplate language. Um, but let's pivot to the fact you've run for Congress before, mm-hmm. right? You've been to that rodeo before. Right. Um, we will ask you, you know, how you feel about another run because your name has been floated among many in the wake of uh, Blaine Lutkemeyer's retirement. Uh, wh- what is your general stance? I was walking through the lobby on the way back into the studio uh, uh, before the segment, and someone said, "Why are we there in the first place?" Mm-hmm. I heard it, that this was about uh, the mission there. Uh, it was reported over the weekend is ISIS mm-hmm. uh, suppression extension. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like like you referenced. Um, where's your stance on our overall foreign policy? Are you more in the Rand Paul camp or more in the Nikki Haley camp? Well, I certainly think that there are a lot of opportunities for us to pull out of places that are 20-year-old vestiges of the global war on terror. And I said this in 22 when I was running. Uh, what we did in 20 when I was deployed was started closing down and pulling out of places in Iraq and Afghanistan. And that's no that's no secret. I mean, President Trump uh, wanted us to start planning and doing those things. And then Biden bungled it when he took office. So uh, that's the right thing to do is to pull out of these places and just not be a target to begin with. But the United States still has global obligations. We still have friends. And, and what President Trump showed is that, hey, if, if we start holding our friends feet to the fire, say, hey, you've got to pick up these obligations that we've done for 20 some years by 
proactively pulling out, I think that's definitely the right place for us to be as a country. We can't fund this global presence, every country in the world, all the time, nonstop, like we've done for the last 40, 50 years. We have to pick where our focus is going to be because the real risk, the real threat is a country like China. And I think if there are going to be a lot worse things happening in the next few years with China that we have to be prepared for, so long as we're sucked into places like this, we're going to be distracted from a the real adversary, which is China. So am I hearing that the the, the spirit behind the Abraham Accords, where it's like, hey, yeah. you guys, you be your own neighborhood watch. Right. Yeah, we may be the policeman. We're, we're the cop on the corner with the billy club saying, we'll come on you. now, guys, get it together. Uh, but you are primarily responsible for letting us know. I mean, right? I mean, yeah. uh, you can't. It's. I, I think of drug dealing in infested neighborhoods in our urban areas and maybe in Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. It's like, hey, if no one's ratting on the cops that there's a drug den down the street, how are the cops going to be as effective? Okay, I get it. That's yeah. sort of where you stand. Yeah, defend your own house first, right. and America will stand with our friends, okay. but we can't be your private security guard in your house. Okay, so um, Sarah Walsh announced over the weekend that yeah. she's not going to be running. She's yeah. prayerfully considered it. She's going to really focus her attentions. I'm summarizing a text that I think a lot of us got. It was a bulk message, I assume, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, she's going to focus her message on the very important pro-life uh, matters yeah. here in Missouri. Okay. Um, and your name's been floated along with many others because it's a strange district. That's CD3. That's right. Um, you've been to the rodeo once before. Mm-hmm. How has that experience informed your decision-making? <laughs> or everyone else has semi-thrown your hat in the ring, and no one's asked you, so I'm asking you now. Well, I appreciate it, Randy. Um, we have been actively considering the day that uh, Congressman Luke Meyer announced. He and I had a phone conversation just to talk about what that would look like. Um, uh, I am firmly in the camp of mid-Missouri, uh, so I was actively supporting and encouraging Senator Fitzwater from Callaway to run. I think we need a strong voice for this district from mid-Missouri. I've said, and I posted last week on social media, that um, it doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be Taylor Burks. I just want to see a strong voice from mid-Missouri, because what happened in 22, the Jokers in the Capitol at Jefferson City split up the 4th District and the 5th District, divided Columbia down Broadway, uh, a huge travesty that was all political inside workings at the state capitol. And I'm I'm against that. And some of the names being floated now are the names that were involved in in what happened mm-hmm. uh, here in, in mid-Missouri. So uh, all of that to say, um, I've been encouraging others to run, but no one stood up, no one stepped up. And so we're uh, we're taking proactive steps to, to uh, encourage others. But if, if no one does, then we'll be there. That so you're saying you're it's still under consideration. Yeah, absolutely. And when do you expect to make a determination? Yeah, so um, I am. I have a, a Navy obligation for the next two weeks. I'll be uh, with my unit as we prepare to do stuff uh, on the on the reserve side. Uh, now is not an appropriate time for for me to announce as I'm going on orders and doing those sorts of things. Uh, but we're also getting into Lincoln Day season. Uh, filing is in late February through March, and so I expect an answer within the next two weeks. But uh, we are also going to file an exploratory committee we have a uh, a really strong small donor donor network that we invested in in 22 uh, we raised nearly a million dollars in my run for the fourth district that we want uh, people to be able to show and encourage their support financially while i'm doing military obligations and not able to run myself 
So talk to us a little bit more about why you think it's important to have someone from mid-Missouri. And, you know, I think I heard from Randy one day, well, you know, don't some of those people that are, you know, outside mm-hmm. of St. Louis have the same values as us. Um, we know you're close with Congressman Alford. And, mm-hmm. and when he got into a spat with the Columbia, Missouri, and I think last week, you yeah. stood up for him and said, no, he's been here. I've met with him. He's yeah. here in the district. Yeah. Um, so, so why is that important to you? Yeah, so part of this is half of the district, uh, half of the third district is mid-Missouri based on our media market listener from Wake Up Mid-Mo and our TV stations out of Columbia, Jeff City. Um, when you're talking about somebody coming from St. Louis that doesn't have those relationships, you know, when, when uh, Mark or Blaine come to Columbia, it's helpful to have somebody on the ground showing them, say, hey, who do you need to speak to? What do you need to look at? If you are from mid-Missouri, you don't need that initial, like, concierge to walk you around and and do those types of things. And so when it comes to like knowing the infrastructure issues, 63 and 70 interchange or our outer roads here in Boone County, uh, as we're looking at expanding I-70, when you're talking about the issues that farmers in Callaway or in Cole County face, those are things that somebody from rural or excuse me, urban uh, St. Louis Metro aren't going to understand the same way who uh, someone who is from mid-Missouri does. And that's why it's important. Now, now you said half of the district is in mid-Missouri. Do you mean um, census-wise number of voters or primary voters geographically yeah primary okay. voters half of the population is in mid right. okay market. i wanted to make clear that, uh, that that that's the case but but clearly whether it's someone from that very strong sort of st charles o'fallon mm-hmm. you know western missouri western st louis uh, exurban area um or whether it's the mid-missouri I mean, either candidate uh, that emerges in a what will probably be a one-to-one primary battle uh, most likely maybe maybe more is going to have to garner some votes from the other side yeah i yeah. mean you have to represent the whole district and that's the tragedy of gerrymandering yeah. is uh politicians trying to pick their own district mm-hmm. draw a district that suits their needs so they can get elected but then you have to represent interests that are far outside of what your home base is um and so that's that's really what makes me sad about what happened in yeah. 22 uh, and why I'm I'm really against some of the folks who are tossing their hat in the ring or, or name in the ring uh, because they were part of the shenanigans that happened in 2010. It's a shame that, uh, you know, in the state there's balkanization within the GOP slash conservative yeah. circles. And and we see it again reflected here too, and it's yeah. it's really a cry in shame because I think from from a value standpoint, everyone wants everyone's pro life, right? Everyone wants borders, yeah. everyone wants all that. Okay. We, we have to send warriors to Washington D.C. who can support President Trump yeah. next term, and you have to represent all of these interests. Whoever gets to the primary is going to have to do that, yeah. and I think the best voice. You know, somebody who who knows these interests will be able to do that effectively. Well, the chair you are sitting in is reserved for you when and if you make that announcement. All right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, here on Wake Up Mid Missouri. Yeah. All right. We got I a deal. That. That's a deal. Right. Yeah. Got a deal. All right. There he is, Taylor Burks, and we thank you for your service and good luck on the upcoming service, uh, whatever it is that you're doing. Thanks, Randy. Appreciate Thanks, it, Stephanie. All right. Uh, coming up, it's the uh, morning bell. Boy, I hope the market surging keeps on surging. We'll see when we come back with that in just a minute. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Thanks for making Wake Up Mid-Missouri your number one choice in the morning. There's the morning bell. We are anticipating another record or not? 
I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I mean, talk, talk about non-committal. Where's I'm not, Stephanie Bell? I'm not a stock market expert. I try to keep y'all updated. I do watch it, and it's kind of been fun to watch because you're right. We've seen some record highs, but I just keep thinking with all these record highs, at some point we got to get a dip, right? At some point it's yeah. going to go down. But this morning the futures are mixed. Uh, Dow and S and P just slightly down. Nasdaq just slightly up as the market prepares to open. Now I know we mentioned this last week, Randy, and I think we have to get back to it because I think you were like what are those and i'm talking about zins Zin. have you seen the oh, zins oh boy well they now they're entering the political debate because last week apparently schumer says we got to get rid of zins they're you know targeting minors and they're bad for you and all of this thing well what are zins okay so we need to back up because that was i think your question last week as so, opposed to zen this is zin and they're little Z-Y-N. pouches okay. of nicotine that you can buy at the gas station, okay. and they um, and then you put them in your lip, and they deliver nicotine into your bloodstream, but without any of the harmful effects of smoking. Smokeless tobacco. Yes. Well, it's not. Uh, well, smokeless, nicotine. smokeless nicotine. Nicotine, Sorry. and they are growing like crazy. So, in the first three months of 2022, more than 800 million units were sold, um, compared to just 126 million in 2019. So, they're becoming very popular. Um, the, and, the latest uh, version of Skull Bandits, Randy. <laughs> okay. Well, but it's I'm on the Zen website, and it says Zen is for adult nicotine consumers. 21 plus only. And and that's what Schumer's saying, but they're being marketed to younger people. And, and, you know, the data right now doesn't bear that out that a lot of younger people are doing it. And people are saying, look, like the data is showing that people are moving from smoking to Zins. And in that way, it's actually healthier for them to do Zins than to do, um, than to to smoke tobacco. So why is this a problem? And even Fetterman came out, if you uh, saw it last week, and he was asked, do you agree with your party about their crackdown on Zins? And he's like, no, I don't. This is ridiculous. Maybe he should ask Dr. Oz. (laughs) (laughs) But I think we're going to hear more about this. And of course, you know, before Schumer was all over what monster energy drinks or, you know, Celsius. And now he wants to crack down on Zins. Um, But one of the biggest, uh, biggest proponents of Zins, and they call them Zinfluencers, is uh, is uh, Tucker Carlson is a huge fan. There you go. Well, I mean, if I had a patient said, look, uh, I'm smoking and I want to stop smoking, but I'd like to do Zins. I'd say, hey, God bless you. That's better than the alternative right Right? now. We'll work on getting off the nicotine totally later. Let's wake up mid-Missouri. Stay there. Tell your friends. You listen to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Five seven three eight seven four ninety three ninety. as we roll along on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I got some amazing leftovers in store. Oh, How old I, are they? Do I have a leftover for you that I didn't get to yet? Today? You know, I never found my burrito. I know. It's with Randy's hidden popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's the Garrett's mix. <laughs> I'm just paranoid that I'm going to, you know, my car's going to start smelling funny or something like that. And I'm going to discover a rotten burrito here in a couple months once Ooh. it starts warming up. Yeah, it could happen. Sandy on the text line, we were talking about a black and blue martini, mm-hmm. a few flecks of black pepper with a martini uh, and uh, and a blue cheese olive, blue cheese stuffed olive. Oh, that's awesome. Gross. You like you like dirty martinis? Yeah, uh, I'll drink them. They're not my fave, but oh, I okay. like I do like drinks like, you know, in my younger years, I drank a lot more stuff that's sweet. Yeah, um, but I. 
I find myself liking more like herbal, uh-huh. less sweet as I get older. John, do you like more f- a spirit forward drinks, uh, more exploratory drinks? Or are you more of a an old fashioned guy, so, so oh, to speak? You know, I drink the occasional uh, dirty martini once yeah. in a while. With yeah, you know, there's what? a there's a I'm, mood. A, I'm an old bartender. You know, a lot oh, of are the, you? a lot of the old. A lot of the old standbys with the, you know, old fashions and that yeah. kind of stuff and Manhattans. Yeah. But some of the new stuff, it gets a little out there. I'm embarrassed to say what I like to drink. Let me guess, more on the sweeter side because you're yep. younger. Yep. Yeah. As you as you get older, you'll find that the sweetness urge will go away in your drinks. And you'll want, you'll, you'll go from Annie Greenspring's, your favorite wine, to, uh, I'm kidding you, to uh, more dry. See, I'm know, not even a wine person. Like... I haven't developed a taste for beer yet. I'm still very much in, like, the flavored vodkas range that you mix with lemonade or something oh, like yeah. that. I Just see if it doesn't change over the years. That Most people have that trajectory when it comes. Um, Brian Houseworth, what's your favorite uh, <laughs> in, in terms of adult spirits? Are you you are you a mocktail guy? You're oh, probably no. a mocktail no, guy. Uh, no, I'm actually, I don't... Uh, no spirits? I, I don't, don't I don't drink alcohol and don't don't have any interest in that. Oh, well, that so. explains it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but he I likes do, iced tea. I, I do like soda. Um, that is, that is, uh, <laughs> keeps me awake, but... Uh, but all, all good. In, in water, too. Water is very important. All right. So, look, uh, I think Gavin Newsom is going to run. He will be the Democrat nominee. After I heard this clip okay. this weekend. You are an excellent emissary in terms of passion, engagement, articulation, all of the things that, you know, make for a good campaigner. Though we know you're not running for president yourself. No chance. <laughs> no chance. Yeah. Who in their mind would want to run uh, when you have someone of such esteem as our incumbent president okay. of the United States with a record of accomplishments and a man of character, a man of decency. I'm old school. Talk about loyalty. I'll, I'll go to ends of the earth for this guy. I really would. I'm not I'm not making that up. At two, Brutus. I mean, come on. He is not a, that, selling it pretty hard. Uh, yeah, A man of such esteem as he looks into his nose was growing. His Pinocchio nose was growing. You know, he's stumping with Biden. He's full throated behind Biden so that then he can stab him in the back and give him the final hook off of the stage. Then why did you debate DeSantis? Right. I mean, mm, that's the yeah, question. Right. And but I, I don't think he's running, actually. I mean, I think that debate with DeSantis went so poorly for him i think and they would have to jump over kamala harris to get to him but who saw that debate only the only the maga crowd right well somebody's gonna Not probably run it on tv i mean i think i think you could chop it up and use it against him i mean it it was horrible yeah well i don't know i, I think, do i do think more than just uh, republicans i there are progressives who watch fox news uh, there are that just don't like it but or or some that you know they 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 do i i um you know i do give governor Newsom credit for going on there because not only essentially is he debating governor DeSantis, but he was also debating sean hannity but i agree <laughs> you're with, right i agree with stephanie i i did not think Newsom uh looked looked all that great but you know, if you listen to these progressives, they think this is the greatest economy that we've ever had in our lifetime. Yeah. They, they, you know, and they, uh, I mean, poll after poll, um, it shows it's very, it's going to be very close. It's I, all going to, it's really going to boil down to turnout in probably a handful of states. I almost had to run to the toilet and have, have, all right. have some emesis <laughs> the other day, some throwing up. 
when I heard, I mean, you hear it in various venues. If I hear once more about the 7 trillion jobs that Joe Biden's created, okay, 17 million, I think, is what they're proposing. 20 million were lost in the COVID disaster. You haven't even made up for the jobs that lost. So don't talk to me about that. I mean, don't even talk to me about that. When you when you have an empty bucket and then you go to fill it up, you haven't doubled your bucket. You know, and I'm just tired of the disingenuity in the representation on the messaging. But yet they say that's what they need to do more of is more messaging on this. You know, it is interesting. Um, well, the, the the debates when they do happen <clears throat> happen in the fall between um, presumably between former President Trump um, and in uh, current President Biden, if everything holds up as, as we think it would you think there'll be debates i don't think there will be well i don't know i'd be i think it'd be intriguing but they they really can't stand each other i mean that's pretty obvious but if there if there is i'd be curious how they how they would go maybe you're right i i don't know but if you've always had presidential debates um in history you always have had that but uh, it's just randy it's such a different era now it really is um Never seen the country this polarized. It's, it is. It's, it's, we, it's just really. And then you've got. We are balkanized is what we are. And the Republicans are they're infighting a little bit right now. The one thing about the Democrats, you don't see as much infighting with them. They don't, uh, you know, they, they, they kind of rally around their leaders. Well, they're so, much better sheeple. But they, and they. Yeah, they're much and, better sheeple. And of course, you know. Um, I mean, in terms of being sheep, they're good sheep. <clears throat> Republicans tend to, by by their nature, be independent, right? That's the conservative thing. Government, leave me tent. alone. Get out of the way. Kind so, of a big tent, too. Right. And I'm not, but I'm not going to be a follower. And look at what's happening in the Missouri Senate. People don't want to follow the leader. They want to antagonize the leader. Right? And I mean, and I'm not saying that they're necessarily, I'm not picking a, a you know, aside here. I'm just saying you, you get this. My way is the right way. And who are you to tell me? And the other side says, well, can't we all get along? Well, you're just a rhino. Well, you're a swamp creature. It goes both ways. I'm tired of the name calling. Well, they're going they are going to have I mean, they've got committee hearings scheduled for today. Some of those important issues are going to get in front of a committee and then we'll have to see, you know, whether there's a breakthrough on the floor. I do think I mean, there are some issues kind of hanging out there Mm -hmm. that maybe, you know, everyone could reach consensus on. There's some um, anti-swatting legislation. Mm -hmm. And it sounded like when, you know, that happened to the secretary that a lot of people said, yeah, we could get behind increasing the penalties for swatting. Um, We've got this plant, the aluminum Mm -hmm. uh, closure down in the boot hill, which has um, both uh, Republican and Democrats talking about it and talking about solutions. So uh, we'll see. Um, but, you know, the, I, I I would think, it, you know, and I'm not in charge of anything. Let's be clear about that. But I would think, oh, you know. Oh, uh, John, <laughs> Hannah, uh, Brian, would you like to debate who's in charge? When it anything? comes to the legislature, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm not stepping in, in that. <laughs> but, you know, you think about, like, debt snowball. Like, start, if, if we can get a couple of things under our belt and, and that people agree on, maybe it could clear a path for some of these bigger items to get at least debated. I'm optimistic. Yeah, yeah and, and you bring, bring up a great point. Child care tax credits yeah. is very bipartisan. That is badly... Uh, I mean, that's something that uh, both parties agree on. The governor talked about it, Stephanie. The uh, the I-70, the I-44 fund, that, that's something I think could probably unite the state. That aluminum plant is huge. Um, it's not even a partisan issue. And and we'll just see what happens there. I don't know if the governor or lieutenant governor are going to back the Quaid bill because it has to do with the But again, they're, they're going to try to do something. But... But um, it's just there's just the, that that's an issue that I think uh, I don't see that one as partisan either. 
Oh, the, so the legislature, if I'm not mistaken, Brian, with the Naranda plant or whatever it's called now, mm-hmm. didn't they approve? They approved funding for for that whole angle last year, but I think the governor line item vetoed it. You know, I don't remember a line item veto on that, John. I know that they passed um, some legislation that was related to that when they pa- they they had a special session in 2017 for the steel plant, and some of it was related to Naranda as well. That did pass, and you very well could be correct. I don't I don't remember. The governor. I think it had something to do with the whole EPA thing on their emissions from their smokestacks and all, if and, I'm not mistaken. And if that was the case, it very well could have been that they put it in there without the governor's recommendation. But it's just uh, Senator Jason Bean, who is uh, really a big ally of, of uh, Mike Bernscatter, he's been heavily involved in that as well. So so we'll see. Uh, there's one other thing I should mention here real quick. We talked about very quickly the the CPS charter schools uh, bill is going to be voted on today. And we'll see what happens if Cherie Tolson Reich can get this out of committee and get to the floor. I think it has a good chance. But there's a woman that listens to our show. Her name is Marissa Hagler. And you've had her on a couple times, Randy. But she submitted written testimony in support of the Tolson Reich bill. And the, the, she it's online. It's public information. She says that CPS, this is pretty powerful here is what she saying cps quote constantly shuts parents out is moving to an equity-based grading system which by the way i've not heard that took our children to a drag show we remember that quote uh limits voices at school board meetings and allows blm and lgbtq flags in classrooms end of quote so that is that is marissa's testimony um that will be uh read uh today by committee members before they vote there's there's a lot of by the way opposition and support in in both but that that dragged my attention i had not heard at least i've not heard this about equity-based grading system but but um um that is her testimony john potter who's also running for the school board has also testified at least on written form in support of the uh, tolson reich bill all right a reminder that uh, tomorrow is the take back our senate uh rally at the capitol tomorrow one o'clock. Second floor, 11 a.m. 11 a.m., okay. Someone yeah. says 11. I don't know. 11 a.m. I'd seen one earlier, but but 11, it, that one will, uh, that's certainly going to get some attention. And the, and the texter said, please share. Don't take a side. Well, we've, we that's, actually. That's my prerogative to take a side. I'm not, I'm taking in the side of asking, I continue to ask the question, if the Freedom Caucus is the only way, the true way, the narrow path, to use biblical yeah. terms, how come the majority of the GOP senators haven't gone over and joined the Freedom Caucus? Well, and I would just add this. <laughs> I, mean, I, I haven't seen the text, but the bottom line is I've reported on the news the Freedom Rally tomorrow that, that's going on. And I've also mentioned there's an abortion rights rally going on as well at about the same time. So I, I assume he's talking about the host. But we certainly have reported on the news that they are going to be down there. And uh, we also reported that the Boone County Central Committee has not called for uh, nope, Rowden's resignation. Right. I think that's very it. important. Many others have. Uh, several others that's have. That's right. Iron County, I believe. and uh, Clay County. In Clay County, yep. yeah. Okay, there you go. When we come back, leftovers. And I've got one that uh, actually is a little bit slurpy to think about. Yeah, in yeah. a nice kind of a way. In a good kind of a way. In a good way? Well, yeah. Sort of molten, molten goodness coming your way on leftovers. Molten slurpiness. (laughs) Stay tuned. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Mid-Missouri's number one rated morning show. Uh, You might want to fact check that. 
53. Isn't it time for leftovers? It is. I was waiting for the Slurpee leftover thing. Oh, sorry. No, we don't get that. Well, Because no. I was going to talk about one of my favorite Slurpee foods, which is fondue. Mm. And we have some leftover. You know, you can buy Swiss cheese fondue, you know, the, in packages. like a Really? Little, yeah, you can buy it pre-made in like a foil pack. I didn't need to know that. Yeah. And then we, <laughs> buy, we do that because the kids love it. And so when we're all together for Christmas, we do that. Yeah, a little white wine in there. So it's good. A little Chardonnay. Fun. And it's easy to do that way because if you make it from scratch, yeah, it's tough. So it got all the good Gruyere and the Swiss and all that. So we were, yesterday we had a leftover package. Helene and I sort of, we did a little bit of that. Okay. And and it got me to thinking about that time my son called. He's in Lausanne, Switzerland. He works for a company based in Switzerland. Wow. Get the real McCoy stuff there. Yeah. And he's been sending us pictures of the beautiful countryside from Lucerne. And from uh, Vienna and others. Well, um, and of course, he spent a year in Germany. So we had this talk about this fabulous trip coming up. So here I am eating fondue, thinking of the Swiss trip coming up. And if you have your calendars nearby, everyone should mark February 27th. February 27th, because at 530, we're going to have an informational meeting and have some fun. Maybe I can talk the powers that be into a little fondue. I'll see what I can Ooh, do. I don't that know. I'll nice. see. Maybe I'll even Don't look at some. me. Look, I'm... Hannah's going, nope, sorry, not in the budget. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. But at any rate, um, 10 days, uh, fabulous trip, optional three-night Vienna post-tour extension. And I, I told Sean, I, I read him the, the, the destinations. You spend a little time in Bern, which is the capital. Uh, then you take a nice scenic trip to uh, Innsbruck and then uh, through Liechtenstein, which is what, the smallest country in the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, uh, then you you leave by Munich. So you arrive in Zurich and leave by Munich. Price is unbelievably affordable, and I, when I told him the price, he's like, "Dad, you can't buy airfare for half of that, and you're getting ten days and you know nine nights." So, and he said, "I'm looking at Lake Geneva as I as I talk to you. It is the most beautiful place." And he says, "The places you're going to go are like a postcard. It you will feel like you're a postcard. You've been there. I've been to a lot of the places. Yeah. Well, the real draw of the trip is that you get to go with the one and only Randall Tobler." I'm looking for going. I'm getting to know Scotty Cox on that trip because I uh, I don't get a lot of chance to listen to the show because we're on the air at the same time, essentially, you know. But um, Scotty will be going and uh, I'll be going and hopefully a bunch of you will be going as well. I think it'd be a lot of fun. And um, so there's a there's an informational uh, meeting on the 27th of February and um, that'll be fun at 530. And you can learn more at the KWOS and 939theeagle.com websites. Yeah, there is a link posted to both websites yes. to RSVP for right. the informational session. So go check yeah. it out. I wonder if I can just bring a little fondue just to sort of... And there will be a yodeling competition there. John? <laughs> All right, you, I'm out. Are you going are you, are you to enter the yodeling competition? No, I thought I'd uh, uh, channel channel your idea. Maybe you and I can do an Alpenhorn competition. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I'm liking that. Oh what on earth is Sounds happening? Good. Sounds good. So Gary Nolan's going to need to rescue this mess. <laughs> well, we can't go what another minute without letting folks know that... It's it is long awaited, but the citywide distribution oh, yeah. of roll carts in <laughs> Columbia begins today. So you're going to start seeing those Can't things. Can't use them today, but it begins today. Rolling on out. It's upon us. It is. Have they solved the recycling thing and an extra <laughs> roll cart yet, or is this just the initial roll cart? This is the initial roll cart. How I many complaints know. are we going to get this week from oh. Columbia residents? I don't know. I don't. 
I just don't understand. And you can't it. use them till the first week of March, right? Okay. I think so. Yeah, they're yeah. just rolling That's them out. That's a long time. Right <laughs> just rolling them People out. People are going to be confused and they're going to put their stinky burritos in those trash cans and wonder why yeah. no one's picking them up. <laughs> if I could locate one, <laughs> I would. Remember, we still have that dangling Chad, the hanging Chad. That uh, our friend Mike Murphy brought up about how there were there was a time when people were being charged for recycling, but it wasn't happening, and how that's all going to be reconciled. Has that been reconciled yet? <coughs> I don't think so. And the problem, I mean, other communities, Jefferson City, Ashland, has had roll carts and manages trash. Why is Columbia, like, why can't they solve this? It's like a basic city function. Why is it always a mess? I don't, that's what we really need to get to. Uh, blue leadership. It's fun. Yeah, well, <laughs> blue leadership always has a problem with getting important things done quickly because they're important, and that is important. And you're important for joining us on Wake Up Mid-Missouri every morning. We really do appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Hey, we're going to have a campaign announcement tomorrow morning. Don't miss